welcome to No Cartridge After Dark. It is uh, the quarantine uh, edition continued. We are still inside our homes. Uh, of course, these homes are far apart from each other. Um, I am at my home, and I am joined and six by... six feet away. <laughs> in the same home. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I decided to cut out the middleman, and I, I bought a big old house, and everyone who's involved in No Cartridge uh, lives here together now. <laughs> we, we all got our own floor. It's real nice. It's, uh, you know, I, I had to I had to compromise on location, so it's in the middle of Alaska. Hmm. Um yeah, it's beautiful, but uh, remote. Uh, but Liv, hello. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you, Trevor? I'm doing okay. I um, I, I alluded to this when we were talking before the show started, because if, if any of you uh, No Cartridge After Dark heads don't know, uh, Liv and I tend to talk 15 to 30 minutes before the show, just, just chatting and catching up with each other. And uh, after. <laughs> just... And after. Uh, today, I'm going to let Liv go more quickly because uh, it's just like, and and I feel the same way. It is just like, it is very exhausting, this whole thing, I, I feel like. I feel like I am more tired now than I was when I was leaving the house. Mm. Yes, tomorrow starts my first day from for working from home, which is something that I never imagined that I could do for my job is work from home. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty hands-on job. Yeah, so I'm starting telemedicine. So thank a healthcare worker. It doesn't have to be me. You can thank me if you want. Thank to, you, Liv. <laughs> Everyone say it in the chat. Um, but um, yeah, no, I, it's it it is surprising, and and you are doing very good work, and uh, your patients are, I'm sure, very very grateful. I hope. If not, I and the listeners are. I do not demand that they need to be grateful for me. <laughs> well, I can. They need to be good. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, in the midst of all of this, um, staying at home and uh, homeschooling and all this stuff, like I, I was going to say, I alluded to in, in the beginning, but I learned today that the uh, that the um, uh, uh, schools in my area are closed indefinitely. Um, so everything's shut down until the 30th and the schools are closed, um, uh, until question mark, question mark, question mark. So that's, uh, terrifying. Um, and I had a bit of a, of a panic moment about that, but, um, I'm over having that panic moment. I'm, I'm just like trying to embrace things as they come. And, um, and you're excited for Tilly to start charter school soon. I am. Finally, the <laughs> charter schools don't believe in this COVID nonsense. I like to call it COVID-nid. Um, no, yeah. Actually, anyone who would call it that would believe in it. So we're going to have to workshop that. Um, anyway, the, uh, the thing we're talking about today <laughs> is uh, creativity in games and games that make you uh, or give you opportunities to be creative. And so, like, one of the things I think is true about this time in, in history is that more people are suddenly uh, finding themselves gaming. Um, and and because of that, like, a lot of the joys, the smaller, more uh, insular joys of gaming are being, like, broadcasted out. And I think creativity is one of those uh, that really is getting a lot of play. Yeah, I think that obviously one of the big gaming highlights for quarantine is Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah. And the the things that I see people doing in Animal Crossing, like I've been playing it. Um, it's good. I like it. A whole lot. I've been playing it a whole lot. But all I do right now is just hoard. Like, I feel like I don't have enough stuff to start, like, uh, sculpting anything out of my island. So I'm just, like, hoarding all my resources, like, paying off my loans um, and, like, not really doing anything with it. And then, like, I'll just see people, like, posting their beautiful islands that already have, like, an aesthetic to them and, uh, you know, just, like, environmental storytelling. Like, I don't understand how they've acquired objects to do that. This reminds me of my – of our um... – this reminds me of our conversation in the uh, Smile For Me episode uh, where we were talking about how uh, the game ends up being sort of a uh, your life simulator and you play it as you are. Like, I feel like 
being very responsible and getting your stuff together and paying off your loads and stuff is a very, uh, very live way to play Animal Crossing. <laughs> it is thoughtful and careful and considerate. Well, it's like I don't want to waste my time resource on making my room look one way and then I get a new item suddenly that makes me want to do it a different way. Might as well just like wait till I get lots of items and something yeah, speaks I, to me. I think I, I think that probably is something a lot of people think. Uh, I don't think I don't think you are alone in that. Um, I certainly am going to approach the game that way. I have not gotten to play it as much as I'd like. Um, I am I am currently working brute forcing my way through um, Half Life Alex for a uh, an assignment um, that I'm not a school assignment, a writing assignment that I'm Tilly's working on. Tilly's homeschool assignment. Yeah, Tilly's homeschool assignment is to play the the new popular uh, <laughs> VR game, uh, VR installment of Half-Life. Um, very weird, uh, very controversial. But um, yeah, it's like, it's it's a, um, I'm brute forcing my way through that, which is fine. Like I, you know, I won't bore everyone with my thoughts on that here, but like, the one thing I really regretted about about doing that has been I haven't been able to play my Animal Crossing as much. Mm. So like, I, I got to get there, got to get back there. Um, but it is great; it's wonderful. Um, I am just getting the lay of the land. This is my first crossing, so wow! Um, I know, I know. It's a series that I've never really touched, hmm. but yet it's touched you. Wow. That's so right. <laughs> um, no, I think I think you're right though. Like Animal Crossing really is like is kicking in uh, a kind of like nice euphoria for people in large part because um uh in large part because it's like I don't know, it is a game about just like being with people and also being alone. And so like it it rings true, but it also feels like an escape. It's it's kind of beautiful. Mm -hmm. I also, yeah, like going to people's islands is so cool. And it's like a little bit clunky. Like if you go to like a very popular island, there will just be like people coming and leaving all the time. Like our, our good friend of the show, uh, Nate, at Vrunt on oh, Twitter. Oh, is Vrunt's Island very, very popular? <laughs> well, he had uh, 90 bell turnips this Sunday, which is a very low price for turnips to sell at. So everyone was going to his island to buy their turnips. And so, like, you would try to be trying to find, like, the turnip lady walking around. But then, meanwhile, there's, like, always someone arriving, always someone leaving. And, like, sometimes it resets you to, like, the beginning of the island, and sometimes it doesn't. But just, like... Uh. It was probably like ten minutes of me trying to get to the to the pig. I, I feel like I feel like uh, Nintendo is like just notoriously bad at making the online good, um, which I I don't get. I'm not exactly sure why that's the case. Um, it has always boggled my mind because they get everything else right, but that they never seem to quite get it right. But everything else just feels so nice. It just feels Maybe. like a really sweet game. Maybe them not getting it right is getting it right. Expand think, on that. Think about all the social games and thinking about how much I actually want people to talk to me in those games. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> like, it's kind of nice that people can't just... Uh, there's no way to make something toxic without having the means to do so. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Um, no, I, I hear you. That makes sense. Um Hmm. But uh, I wonder if our friend Alex Island is also very popular because uh, there is like a lot of um, I believe he did a tie in with his hit comic uh, <laughs> where he is married to Betty Boob. That's right. Um, which is just a, a perfect <laughs> comic in every way. Um, there's a there's a Mr. Boop game now that I still have not gotten the chance to play. Yeah, I haven't played Mr. Boop either, but it looks great. Um, yeah, I'm I'm saving it for uh, whenever I think to play it the next time I'm on my computer. That it seems like something day. that would cheer you up quite a bit in in a in a day where it's just like things aren't quite feeling right. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Um, but yeah, you should anyone who hasn't should go to um, at Alec Robbins and go read the uh, Mister Boop comic books uh, comic series because it is. Uh, it's lovely. It's wonderful. The The premise is what if uh, Alec, our friend, um, was married to Betty Boop? 
the 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 gorgeous ninety year old starlet. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think you're gonna be pretty surprised. <laughs> <laughs> what more do you need to know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 neat. But he's he's doing art uh, for people who visit, and like it's just it's um. I mean, I don't know how much art he's doing and for who. Don't take that as a as as an endorsement or like demand anything from him. But I know he has done that. So I wonder if his island is very uh, popular as well. Mm. I would love to visit. Um, I have his friend code. I can give it to you if you'd like. No, we're friends. I just okay, good. Visited. I only have three friends on Switch. I'm such a Switch baby. We're not even friends. We're not friends on Switch. I know. And I can't get you to give me your friend code. You keep saying I'm, I, I'm too much of a lobby. I um, will say that's probably the worst part about Nintendo Online is that the Switch code is just like uh, an arcane series of letters. Like it can't be anything that you remember to tell your friends. You have to be like at your Switch. Yeah taking a picture of of the switch code i wrote it into my discord uh to give to actually to give to piss and he uh the nice thing about doing that was because was that i now have a place where i can search it and copy it if i'm on my computer or my phone mm. uh, that was that was a that was a a, a good life hack <laughs> But we want to talk about other games that were also also kind of like gave us creative vibes. Um, and one that I have been thinking about a lot recently um, in this regard, because like uh, it's another game that I love to play and I haven't gotten to play very much of um, because of other obligations. Uh, but I talk about a lot is uh, uh, Final Fantasy 14. And the one thing that's cool about that is what's cool about a lot of MMOs, which is uh, it is a um, it's a game that allows you to customize your character in like very, very intricate ways. And usually I don't care about that, but I will admit the first time I was able to dye something similar to Eagles green and put it on my um, character, I had a little bit of a, of like a, a revelation as to why people enjoy that. That's, um, that's heartwarming. (laughs) It's one word for it. Um, <laughs> but I think I mean like I, I will say like MMOs are just like they they just work really well for that kind of like you can be a little intricate, you can be not intricate at all, or you could just go whole hog and just like, you know, in in I don't know how it works in, in WoW, but I'm sure it's there there are similar elements. Like in in 14, um the system you get is like a glam it's called glamours and glamours are like these like i mean in game they're i think they're described as these like uh spells basically that let your clothing look like whatever you want it to um and so you can like you can take old and underpowered underleveled um pieces of of armor and turn them into uh you know make your armor look like it so you can kind of look like whatever you want it doesn't matter um mm-hmm. you know if it's I don't know. Like, it doesn't matter if you are actually the correct level or not. Right. Um, But people will glamour everything, like to the point that they'll glamour their earrings. And like, it's wild. Like people go all out and I am never going to get there. But I will say I really, really like um, like there's there. There is something extremely freeing about being like, oh, okay, let's see. I'm going to just I'm going to try and I'm just going to try something new and dye my clothes. Um I don't know. Like that that was that was really cool when I finally was able to try that. Yeah, well, uh you can make your armor look like other armor, but you can't dye it. Like you can't change mm. the colors of anything. Um trying to think of what games I've played that you can dye your armor. I guess um I don't know. It's a really neat it's a really neat mechanic. Like you can you can find dye, there are rare dyes, there are like plot like uh mission specific dyes for like you know, uh, little side quests and stuff like that. Um, it's cool. Like you can, um, you can really, uh, really make your character your own, um, which I, 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 I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I talk a big game when it comes to that at the beginning of any given open world game. Cause I like stuff like uh, monster factory and, and things like that. But um, I just don't have the patience for it, but little things like, Oh, this armor I'm wearing now, I can make it 
a different color or like, oh, I, I really like this coat that I got as a plot element, uh, but it's a level one and would kill me instantly if I wore it. I'm just going to make this, you know, ugly armor look like it. Like that is that's really rewarding on a certain level, like a, a certain deep kind of like putting stickers on a page level. Mm. Back to Frog Detective 2. Oh, that was so good, right? <laughs> the, the putting the stickers on the journal. Yeah. That's I like loved that. one of the things that I really think about, about being creative. Um, going back even earlier is like my first experience, like one of my first gaming experiences. I don't know if other people would consider this gaming. I consider it gaming is kid picks. Like we would, me and my brother would... I assume you're familiar with Kid Picks. I don't know it actually. <gasps> oh, it was like a MS Paint, I'm so sorry. but for uh, kids, like there would be like oh, sound cool. effects, and you can make slideshows, and that's really what me and my brother did the most of was like making just like stupid. We like were early content creators. I've talked about like, me and my brother's podcast you, before podcast, but I didn't realize that it took place on like an app, which is uh, admittedly you are even oh, further no. before your time. We we had a wide variety of things. We were just recording that and just like a like a voice recorder. Okay, this okay. was a a different venture where we would make um. We would make like fake episodes of Jeopardy with celebrities, not like Celebrity Jeopardy from SNL, although it probably was uh, based somewhat like that. Loosely on that. Loosely, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe there was something there, but you know what? I think, I think, I think you could make the argument that Celebrity Jeopardy on SNL maybe ripped you off. Yeah, I, I don't think that would be unfair to say. I, I just think the question needs to be asked. Yeah. I think probably there's many like uh, adult creatives working today that would uh, have been sparked by kid picks, though. I think that we we had them on our school computer, so I don't think that I um, I don't think I've talked to anyone about kid picks as an adult. But I have to believe that that's not a niche game that many people probably love. Oh sure, I bet. You know what I bet? I bet it was one of those like school computer, like as you say, like it's on the school computer. I bet it was like because those apps, like I keep calling them apps, those programs on like the the on school computers are so specific to like a moment in time, um, and like they're memorable because you're like, oh yeah, every computer has that. Um, that I bet it just like the the difference in our ages is not huge, but like it's probably mm. enough that it would explain why you would be familiar with it and I wouldn't. Mm. Um, like, are you familiar with that like space three D pinball? Yeah, ever. Okay. that's like still on computers, surely. It's still on computers? Sure. I don't know. It has to be. I played so like much of that as a kid, like just listening to the same three Green Day songs that I had downloaded over and over again while playing pinball and like crying. Oh, <laughs> it sounds like honestly, though, pinball sounds like one of those games that they would have been a unable to get. Um, they would have been unable to get like um, compatibility issues solved for Windows uh, 10 or whatever. Doesn't that seem like one of those? I think it probably was gone after like Vista. Yeah, the 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 last good Windows. I don't know. I don't know if I even believe that. I just want to start some sort of fight with Windows people. <laughs> I, just... I can't imagine one that's less liked by everyone. <laughs> well, that's just because people uh, weren't ready for it. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so like the, I would say the other thing is, um, uh, about like kid uh, things like that is kids just bring a level of creativity to those things that I, I feel like, I mean, kid picks is, is particularly, it sounds like anyway, like a particularly, um, I don't know, creative venture, uh, on, on its own. Like it's not, you know, it's yeah, not like it's, you have to bring much to the table there. It's that's what it's for. It wasn't a novel to create things in it. But even stuff like even stuff like um, I don't I don't know. I'm trying to think of the games like like we would play like Carmen San Diego or whatever, right? Where like even that kind of stuff. Like I remember the the feeling of trying to piece the thing together and having all these options, and I could say anything and. Maybe it would be right. Maybe it wouldn't. And I could just like type whatever into the into the the prompt like 
that was super fun just in and of itself. Like I didn't actually solve any mysteries really. I just liked the the vile henchman taking pot shots at me and being <laughs> able to guess whatever I wanted to. Like it's just like I, I feel like as an adult that would drive me nuts and I would not enjoy it. But as a kid, that's just like so good. That's like all the creativity you need. Man, I feel like I was like the opposite whenever we were playing uh, like Jeopardy for N64 and like you had to have the answer exactly right. Like it didn't <laughs> accept a wide variety of answers. So like if you put a space in something or didn't plural pluralize <laughs> it or, you know, anything like that, it was just immediately wrong. And that was so upsetting to me. Because Alex I, accepts a lot of answers on Jeopardy. I don't know if you noticed that. Not Cyber Alex. Cyber Alex <laughs> no. is very firm. <laughs> even more Canadian. <laughs> Somehow. They, they, they programmed him to be more Canadian in a, in a truly <laughs> dire choice against God. Um, yeah, like I, 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 I will say the thing about Jeopardy uh, was I was very bad at it. Uh, the the computer game, but then also like I think I played the NES Jeopardy more because that's what my dad had on his laptop for some reason. He also had Mega Man on his laptop, which I've I've seen on a couple of websites is like this this like curiosity that existed in the world where people were like, "Can you believe this is real?" Like I spent <laughs> hundreds of hours playing that probably, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but like yeah, the the um the the main thing I will say about Jeopardy is I. 100% learned what a uh, what a Manx cat is by by way of Jeopardy, mm. the tailless cat. Mm-hmm. That was that was very important to me. Um, I mean, what else? What else? Like, uh, so I feel like we've talked about creativity and visuals, but what so far is like a a game that has creativity and like play style or an actual gameplay that you can kind of like play at your own way interest you like uh i mean are you thinking about something like um i mean there's scribble knots right where like the whole mechanic is you're drawing whatever comes to mind um and seeing if it works mm-hmm. um i mean that would that would be something um i mean what are you thinking of well like always i'm thinking of bayonetta <laughs> of course you're thinking of bayonetta <laughs> If you were, I, I would be I would I would get in my car and head down to Lafayette right now. <laughs> I like that whatever you choose as Bayonetta, like all of the the art for the game like presents Bayonetta as like guns in hands, guns on feet, but like that's not how I play and I fully accept that I'm a a, a Bayonetta who has feet on fire and a sword and that's just like mm. how i typically like to play um so then like you have creativity and like your weapon style which then um leads to creativity and like combos and would you call yourself a harpy with a zweihander i would yeah yeah okay. yeah all right absolutely all right. Good, good, good good um yeah no that makes a lot of sense i think like uh, a lot of those um you know hero based beat em ups I feel like encourage that. Um, like I, I enjoyed, but didn't find too terribly much m- memorable about Devil May Cry Five. Like I had fun with it, but like I also like am not thinking about it. even in the way I think about Bayonetta. Like it's not like it's not like I come back to it in my mind very often. Um, that said, it was a really fun game, and one of the most fun elements about it was just like being able to to play with a lot of different characters and just finding the one you liked the best. Like mm-hmm. it, not that, not that the game gave you the option to just like, Oh, I'm going to play as V or I'm going to play as Dante or whatever. Sometimes you got that option, but like for the most part it was, you just had to be able to play with all three of them, but it was fun being able to say like, Oh, you know what? I like this better. Like I like the V levels or I like the, the Virgil. I, I'm sorry. Or I like the um, Nero levels or whatever. Right. Um, I don't know. Like it, I never mastered any of it. Like it wasn't like I got super good at being Dante or whatever, but like I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the way that it allowed me to like, I don't know, luxuriate in style a little bit. Yeah. Um, this isn't the same as, as in style, but I think that's also what I like about, uh, like trying to, um, that you, did you play the trying games? 
Uh, no, I do. I, I did get them in a sale a long time ago. They seem really neat, um, but I have not Try- played them. No. Trying to is the only one that I've like played a good amount of. And it's like you, I guess you can play solo. I've always played co-op um, that there's like a, an archer roguey character, like a barbarian character and a magey character. And like, you can just like switch between them at will and like whatever is not filled in becomes like a, you know, a computer or whatever. But, Hmm. um, that you can kind of like pick which one of those that you actually like using the most. And like for a lot of the puzzles, you have to have like multiple people working together, but you can still say like, well, I, you know, I want to play this one. I, I, I identify as the, as the mage, I want to be able to lift stuff up. Oh, cool. That's neat. Like it, that reminds me of, of like the way that, um, reminds me of the way that old Nintendo games worked where like, like I'm thinking about something like, actually probably I should say super Nintendo games. Like I'm thinking of something like lost Vikings where like you'd read any given review of it and you'd just be like, Oh, that blonde Viking is cool. Or like, I like the strong Viking. And I remember thinking as a kid being like, I wonder if you can play as all of them or just one of them like and like games like um, I don't know, like Battletoads or whatever. You could always pick your your favorite ones. Uh, it didn't it didn't matter uh, one way or the other, which was always, I think, cool. Like, I think that was that was helpful on a certain level. I enjoyed that more um, being able Whenever to pick you and choose. get to pick a character, but it doesn't actually mean anything. Right. Yeah. 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 Like uh, the, the whole premise there is just like, oh, I'm going to, I'm just going to pick this. I'm going to pick this character because I like that. Its name is Zitz instead of Rash. Right. <laughs> like that's cool to me right now. Like what I, what I'm thinking about it. Um, not because like Zitz is the good player and Rash is the bad player. Like it's not, there's no levels or like, you know, tier lists or whatever. It's purely aesthetic. Hmm. Man, there used to be so many games like that that were just yeah. like, um, I think about like, gosh, like Milo's Astro Lanes. I don't know if mm. anyone else has ever played that, but it was like a bowling game for the N64 whenever they were like trying to figure out, okay, how can we just make a, like a straightforward game into something that has like character to sell it, I guess. But like you could play as like either like the human astronaut or like the the sexy alien or the weird looking alien. Who would not the... choose to play as the sexy alien? Oh, I picked the weird-looking alien. Whoa. Really dumb. You picked Johnny Sun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just I get did. Into there. Get that, get that Johnny <laughs> Sun reference in there. Um, yeah, no, I think, like, kart racers were good for that. Um, it's another genre that I feel is, like, a little, a little gone by the wayside. Um, although I will say, like, fighting games are still some that you can pick your aesthetic before you pick your player. Like, obviously there are tier lists. Obviously there are characters who are good and bad in video games. Like that's where the concept of tier lists came from. But like, I'm terrible at smash, so I can't speak for smash very well, but like, I think smash is a good example of this where like a lot of people will just use kind of mid characters because they think they're fun. Yeah. Um, like people will play as, as Isabella because they're not playing professionally. Like it doesn't matter if you're if you're like, you know, if you're trying to just like play your friends or whatever. It doesn't matter if you like are are playing an S tier character or B tier character. You just want to just want to have fun. Yeah, I feel like um, I I always picked like lady characters growing up like anytime Mm. that i was like playing a fighting game in an arcade or something that i would always want to pick a lady character and i still like if i can't play as a woman in a game it it, my interest goes way down i just just want to play as a lady and yet and yet despite the the uh despite the true um gender equality uh live will not play uh dark souls (laughs) <laughs> strange <laughs> I have played Dark Souls I will not continue to play Dark Souls <laughs> yeah, but, and yet you can play as a lady in it huh, weird <laughs> I did play as a lady for the time that I played it <laughs> well uh, I, I suppose I can accept that um, <laughs> but like I will say like I uh, so I think a lot about I think my favorite fighting game of the last I don't know 
five years or whatever. I'm, I don't play it nearly enough. Um, and it's very good. Um, is um, uh, Undernight. And then there's like a million other things. It's like Undernight in birth, EXE, lay test with like a colon mm-hmm. and brackets and stuff. It's very anime. Yeah, very um, Guilty Gear. <laughs> oh, it's super Guilty Gear. Yeah, it's an anime fighter in the same, in sort of the same uh, style. But like it is, it's a really neat game because um, the, like the simplicity of it, me, like it's, it's simple to learn. It's hard to master, um, which is actually like sounds obvious, but is unlike a lot of fighting games, which are just like hard to learn and hard to master. Um, so like, I think what always, what drew me to it in the first place and what always kind of, uh, strikes me when I come back to it is that like, you really could kind of pick anyone and just have fun with it a little bit and just like try and figure out how to fight as any of the characters. You can pick like the weird ones or like the sort of more like normal, uh, standard fighters or whatever. It doesn't matter. Like you're, you're just totally fine for, um, just like picking who looks cool to you. Um, I feel like that's something that fighting games at their best are particularly good at just like starting with, okay, I want to look, I want to pick someone who is very cool looking, um, as opposed (laughs) to someone who is going to be very good at, uh, you know, beating the game or whatever. Yeah, that is the right way to go. Yeah, for sure. I mean, unless you're like, I guess if you're, you know, if you're Sonic Fox or whatever uh, and, and you like absolutely need to win a tournament, I, I get it. Truly. Uh, I mean, I can't relate. I, I would never be in any position to win a tournament. Um, however, I do understand. Uh, the thing is, if that's you, then you probably want to pick the good, the best players. If that is not you, um, it's like, why not just have some fun? <laughs> But isn't it so extra cool whenever a character that isn't like in a high tier gets pretty far in a tournament? Like that's, yeah, that's no. so much more fun to watch than like a like a perfect game. I think totally agreed. The like the the way um, the way that I found that the first time I ever really witnessed that was when. I was watching a Tekken tournament and I didn't know anything about Tekken, but I was talking to someone about it. It was, um, it was actually, uh, an announcer who is fantastic. I, I really like him. Um, and I got the chance to chat with him a little bit at combo breaker. Uh, but his name was, um, his, his, his stage name is, uh, the Abonic plague. Um, he is black. Don't worry. Uh, that is, that is not someone just being racist. Um, <laughs> He's a he's he's great. He's a really good announcer. And he was explaining like what I was seeing in Tekken, um, which I appreciated because I didn't know what I was looking at. And he like there was a dude in the top eight and he was like, oh, yeah, this guy he's fighting with is considered to be trash tier. Like he's just like the absolute bottom tier um, of any of any character. And he is like destroying these people who like constantly pick the same characters because they're S tier. And it's so fun. Like, it's just so crazy to watch, like, all those expectations get completely up overrun. So, yeah, no, I totally agree. I think, like, in terms of that kind of aesthetic, um, being able to truly play as an underdog is pretty sweet. Yeah. And just, like, it's so nice whenever you're used to seeing the same people over and over again to, like, see something different. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, okay, it's another fox or it's another whatever, like... I've seen this before. I know I know what the basic match is going to be. And then you get a, a wild card thrown in and all of a sudden the match, even even if the, the favorite wins, all of a sudden the match is just like so much more fun. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what. Yeah. I mean, it's easy for me to say because I could never play professionally, but that's what video games are for. Just for having fun. Just, just having, having a laugh. Good time. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I will say, like, I think I think we're kind of hitting on something that is like true about creativity and gaming, which is that like it's appealing. It's appealing in some ways because we want to be able to create, and games make that a lot easier. Like, you're yeah, Animal Crossing. You can go ahead and make something in the workshop in a way that you certainly could not, um, or you know, most people could not. Let me say, in uh, in real life, it's it's unlikely that you are going to run out and just like grab some wood and make a fishing pole. 
Uh, but you, you don't do think I'm going to make a Gundam? I think, think you're going to make a Gundam. I can't make a Gundam. <laughs> I think, I think you're, I think, I think I'm worried that you ordered Gunpla. Uh, but <laughs> worried and then also excited. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think you can make a Gundam. I think our listeners can't. Um, <laughs> so, but I mean, that's one of the, that's one of the appeals of, of, um, of uh, Stardew that, or not Stardew, Stardew as well. Um, but Animal Crossing is that like you can you can just kind of like make this stuff, and it doesn't matter how complicated it is if you get the ingredients, you can make it. And so like that's one element of creativity, but the other element is just like being able to feel as if the game respects y- the way that you yourself have been creative, mm-hmm. um, right? Like the the like being able to sort of look at the game and be like, okay, um, it appreciates that. I chose this character uh, or it, or it allows me to choose this character. It allows me to make this choice. It doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be a value thing. It doesn't have to appreciate or not appreciate it, but like it recognizes the choice and it's a thing you can do. I think that's a really empowering thing. Like, especially if you're just kind of like, you know, working through some ideas or like you're not used to being creative on your own. Like I'm, I'm not often that creative in my, in my, you know, everyday life. I'm in, in some small ways, but not in like big ways. So, like, finding ways to just do something slight or small, like, you know, dyeing my clothes in, in 14 or whatever, and the game allowing that and, you know, in many ways encouraging it is is cool. Yeah, that's so sweet. I think that we do, like, whenever games respond to us in the same way that we respond to them, and that, that whenever you're allowed to be creative, it feels like there's some um, interconnection that can not can often be missing from other other kinds of games. Yeah, I mean and honestly other kinds of media as well. Like it's not like you know one of the one of the um I will say one of the best parts about um Half-Life Alex is uh, the introduction of the gravity gloves. And so like one of the things you can do with your little VR controllers is you can um you can grab the thing, throw it to you yourself and catch it. And you can throw all this stuff around and, and it's super fun. And then I also realized like just this last time, maybe like 14 hours into the game that there are things you can pick up and put on your head. So I found like a skull of a saber tooth tiger in a museum and I put it on my head as like a helmet. Um, and it like, cool. it, cha- it changed my HUD and everything. It was really cool. And I was like, I, you know, the rest of the game is fine. Uh, I like it and all, but, Really, what I like is that the game understands. I just want to throw stuff around and feel free, <laughs> feel like I can catch things, and then also put uh, stuff on my head and be cool. Um, and I think that's that's like what other media is going to give that to you. Like it's tough for books to give that to you because books are not a an interactive medium in most times. Like same with film, um, it's tough to give someone something that is a um, like a, a a valorization or a, a makes them feel valid about what they just tried to do. I think that's right. Yeah. You really have to, um, to go outside of the, outside of the text for, for books or movies in order to like create something new with them and having to interact with people outside of the moment of, of absorbing it. Whereas like games, it's in that moment that you're able to, to change it. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's there's there there are massive fandoms who have done just that. I mean, it's not like it's unheard of for people to go outside the text, but it's cool to not have to. (laughs) Like, it's cool to have have the the text say, yeah, you can do that. Like, that's okay." Um, Even if, you know, as postmodern, you know, refined readers, we understand we don't need that. Um, Hey, why not? Yeah. And just the immediacy of it as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a good point. Um, it's it's instant feedback in a certain way. So, Liv, let me ask you one last question, and I'm I'm gonna put you on the spot, but you can put me on the spot with a question too if you want, or I will answer this one. Um, what is the time you uh, remember being happiest, feeling creative in in a game, like when the game has responded to you in a way that has made you happy, or that you yourself just had a good time? Hmm, I think <laughs> um, just like for pure joy in games, probably like 
uh, playing Neopets like mm. that. Um, and I know that a lot of people feel this way too, um, is that whenever you would make a Neopet, um, a long time ago, whenever I was in elementary school, like you would automatically get a web page. And this was like the first time that, um, for a lot of kids that we got our own web pages. And so like, it would be for your pet, but then like people, that's how so many people learned like HTML and stuff like mm. that, because they would want to customize their, their web page for their pet and making art on there. And like, um, interacting with other people and just like that was kind of my first introduction to like how cool the internet could be and yeah um, I think that applies to as a game but um, it was more like web page creativity and no I mean I, it, it's gamified right like you it's it's adding stuff that is like fun it, like changing and a uh, you know changing a sort of um, element to visually and aesthetically like enhance your your time that totally makes sense to me oh i think also tied with this is like whenever i was maybe like 18 i played on like a like a not a real rp server for minecraft but like just like a rp tinted server like there was just like kind of stuff going on but no one actually like role played on top of that like you would like have your your kingdoms or whatever, but like you wouldn't actually role play with anyone else online. You would just talk mm. to them. Um, but doing that kind of stuff and like coming up with like your own mythos for whatever you're building and Minecraft yeah. felt so cool at that time. That's neat. That's really cool. I feel like my version of this was like playing, um, playing Stardew on the train, um, heading home from, from Chicago when I used to commute to the suburbs for a year and like, what was cool about that was it was this time that was like this weird, it was this weird, like, um, I don't know, interstitial time where like, I wasn't at home. I wasn't at work. I, I couldn't really do good work on the train. Um, so like, it's just like, a, it was, a, it was a weird time, right? Like it was just a weird, a weird moment for me. And like, I could, I could just do, Stardew and like I could decide, okay, I'm gonna um I'm gonna make some distillery. Like I would like to I would like to do this, or I would like to fish. I, I want to fill this in. I want to fill in the the museum, or I want to adventure today. Like even just the creativity of choice and then like placement and stuff like that. I loved that. Like that was that was like a thing that got me back into gaming in a big way, which is like, oh, like this just makes me feel free. Like it free to sort of make whatever choice I want. And it, it doesn't ultra matter if like I'm making a good choice by anyone else's uh, understanding. I'm making a good choice by my understanding, um, which is a hard thing for me personally to, to kind of be comfortable with. I want uh, outside validation, but for whatever reason, Stardew, I didn't need it. Yeah. I like that with Stardew, you're given the amount of time in a day that you, you like have to make a choice and stick to that choice in order to like do really well at it. Mm -hmm. um, whereas like a game like, harvest moon you have to like you could do literally everything in a day and it feels kind of exhausting in that sense to to like have to try to do a little bit of everything whereas like starter you kind of like pick oh i'm gonna fish today or oh i'm gonna like try to like be nice to all of my neighbors today or i'm gonna go to the mines today and you kind of stick to one thing in yeah yeah. Definitely. And like what I what I liked about Stardew too was, you know, initially that choice can feel paralyzing. Um like, oh, what do I do? Like how do I how do I choose the right the right thing, all that stuff. And then you realize Stardew is absolutely going to give you um as much time as you need. Like you're mm -hmm. you're not gonna you're not gonna get cut off. The year the year will continue or whatever, and that's neat. Uh, you get certain changes, but like you're going to get another spring, you're going to get another fall, you're going to get another winter. And so like that feeling of having like a blank canvas was, I don't know, for me, very, very helpful. Especially whenever you, you get to winter though, and you can't farm and it's just like, oh, I am free as hell. I'm going to go talk to all of my neighbors. I loved that. And then you get, the, <laughs> and you get that greenhouse and it's like, oh, all right, <laughs> I guess, I guess I can farm fine. <laughs> and you just kind of, yeah, fill it with trees. Oh, just so let it go. Oh, yeah. Rules. 
Stardew, was Stardew the first time we all realized that work-life balance was going to be a problem? Um, we're, we'll take, we're taking calls. Uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think, I think we sort of, we've, we've hit a lot of it. And, you know, one thing I'd say to people who are, I don't know, thinking about getting into gaming or um, just gaming anew in this weird new world, like, uh, you know, I know there's a stigma against gaming in a lot of the world, and I, I get it. Like, I'm not going to say there's not one. But, like, I would say the elements of creativity, like being able to make your own space, is such a good reason to game no matter if you have liked gaming in the past or not. Yeah, especially for people who have otherwise not felt like they had their own space to make their own. Uh, I think that gaming does does leave a lot of room for that. And I think that's one reason why people like Animal Crossing so much is because it reimagines the home as something just like pure and pure and sweet. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think it, it is it is absolutely something where, you know, you don't you're not confined by anything or anyone and and like even even good confinement like i think you know people feel guilty sometimes in situations like quarantine uh because they 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 get i mean and i'm not this is not projection i'm not uh gaming because i'm sick of my family I, i'm gaming because i uh, it's my job and also i like gaming but like you know uh, people do get tired of the people they're staying with even if they do love them very much and so like i think escapism just from the world you're in even if it includes elements of the world that you like and and just like being in a place where the choices you make are the choices that matter is i mean it's it's a healthy way of dealing with those issues of like just wanting to be selfish sometimes mm. i think if the most selfish you ever are is like spending a long time playing animal crossing that you're probably doing pretty okay yeah i mean that and also uh, investing heavily in fracking companies <laughs> that's that's the other thing you can do. That's a I I I I know that Liv also endorses this, so I won't even ask. Um, well, Liv, uh, are you playing anything else besides Animal Crossing, or do you have like an Animal Crossing story you want to share with us before we before we wrap up? Um, I just started Devil May Cry three. I've never played the series before, so I'm hoping to get back into that. Soon. Did you play Devil May Cry two? No, I started oh, with good. three. Oh, okay, good. I I I was hoping that someone would tell you not to play two, um, <laughs> or if someone didn't have to tell you that. But yeah, it's a. I was no. Yeah, my, three three would be the place to start. My sweet boyfriend said that I could start with three, and I believed him. But then he also told me I could start with Bayonetta two, and I didn't have to play the first one, and that would have been the biggest mistake of my life. Wow, I mean. <laughs> Daniel is a land of contrasts because how, how can one man both be so right and so wrong about everything? <laughs> he he just wanted me to like it so bad that he knew that Bayonetta 2 was a cleaner game and just wanted me to play the the best one. Nah, that's <sighs> it uh, is sweet. Oh boy, this has been Daniel Corner. We have to have one every time. <laughs> it's extremely, extremely sweet boy. Um, but yeah. Um, well, this was fun. This is nice. It, and just on a on a on a personal note, I will say uh, one thing you can do to um, kind of uh, cut back on the loneliness of everything or the 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 stir craziness of everything in my case is um, talk to friends. Find time to talk to friends, even if it's a podcast like Liv and I just ended up talking for the last 45 minutes and you get to hear it. But like for us, like for me anyway, I won't speak for Liv, but for me, like it's it's just it's just nice to be able to to chat. Like, you know, makes you feel a little less like you are on a planet by yourself. Hmm. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm such a social person that uh it is yeah, it, it can be really hard for, for people, but I think that I've been like FaceTiming with my friends more often, which I usually don't don't do a whole lot of and it's been honestly really nice to just like see people in their houses oh <laughs> that's super nice we've been doing um uh andrew and i've been doing uh these uh movie nights with with uh some of the stuff that i haven't seen in in you know uh, important anime uh for the podcast and like 
for the for the no cartridge other no cartridge imprint podcast uh but um like that has also been great because it's like you just like it's not the same as watching a movie with someone in the same room but in some ways it's better because you can kind of type and not ruin someone's experience by making some dumb joke they don't want to hear right like it's just like it's it's sort of like a i don't know not quite but still good compromise like mm. no one's going to get out and see a movie with people for a little while but you still can kind of like chill out with friends if you are just a little open about the method by which you're doing it so i would i would say that's helped me a lot uh, it sounds like it's helped you a lot too live yeah um, yeah and so i imagine that means we're watching warcraft 2016 again soon god if we should you know what i i have the we have our channel we i mean why not we should totally stream it <laughs> you will have to type out all of the ways that uh it is referencing the plot this time because i will not be able to ask you specifically um or we could stream it just with our commentary overlaid on it um, <laughs> our past commentary and then yes. a new commentary on top of the old commentary C current commentary <laughs> which is both uh commentary on the film and commentary on the commentary just like every time Kevin makes a joke saying like Kevin is very funny, um, something we noticed uh, while recording that Kevin is very funny. Kevin time, is very funny. He's very funny. I like when people send me uh, Kevin's tweets. Yeah, they're uh, good. I mean, it's just like, but it's nice to know someone. Someone else is reading them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll be happy to hear it. <laughs> I hope he's listening. <laughs> well, in any case, Liv, thank you so much for being here. Um, and you know what? I think, uh, you should have a really nice night, uh, sleep it in. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm losing my mind. I hope I get to leave my house. soon. <laughs> Thank you, Trevor. I hope that you have a really nice night sleeping in too. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the new send off. People are going to be listening to this and wondering why we're laughing. Like, let's just let people say. What, that's just that's what, what people say two weeks into quarantine. That's just what well, new billionaire Trevor Strunk, who uh, <laughs> somehow copyrighted this common everyday greeting, uh, wanted us to say while in quarantine. Um, well, anyway, I will talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Good night. <laughs>